Thank you so much for joining me for another episode of Artistic Accomplices. You've heard it already, but I am your host, Eric Scott. And today's episode was built on a recent experience. Um, I wasn't really sure what I wanted to record. I know that if you've been listening to this podcast, that kind of comes up a lot. Um, Oftentimes, I just throw around those ideas and uh, kind of see what sticks and and sometimes I, I get something that that's really well developed sometimes not so much but um, today's episode really kind of builds on top of a lot of things that I've said in other episodes and I feel like it's almost like a, a culmination of it but let, let me kind of give you the story of the, my last week so I just got back a few days ago from teaching in a place that's for me a dream location to teach it's been a place that I have been wanting to go to for probably 10 or 15 years now and teach and that is the John C Campbell Folk School down in Brasstown, North Carolina. Now, this folk school is a renowned school, and it was founded way back in 1925 as a way to kind of pass on traditional crafts, um, especially especially the Appalachian traditions. Um, and over the years, its mission has changed a bit. It's expanded and it's grown, and the school has grown to to include. A whole bunch of other things besides the traditional arts and crafts that it's really renowned for. So it now has more than 15 studios for everything from blacksmithing to photography, from music to painting. I was very fortunate to be able to go down there last week and teach for five days in their book and paper art studio. And I I've, I came back this past Saturday and I've been jazzed up ever since. Um, if you don't know anything about the folk school or any of the schools like it, uh, there are several here on the East Coast, actually all kind of within the Western North Carolina and Eastern Tennessee area. There's Penland, uh, there's Aramont, and then there's John C. Campbell. Um, I'm not really sure the difference between all of them. I have friends that have taught at all of them, but uh, Campbell's the only one that I have taught at. And it is an, an immersive experience. And so a lot of the students that go there, and, and by immersive, I mean people, the students go there for usually a week or a long weekend. And I was fortunate enough to teach for a week. So I went down on a Sunday, we began classes that evening, and then we went through Friday morning and wrapped everything up before lunchtime. And then I came back home on a Saturday. So I was with the same students for almost five full days. So they have lots of housing uh, options down there. So a lot of the students and faculty come there and they stay Um, So not only are you taking classes for six hours a day, or in my case, teaching the classes, um, there are also lots of demonstrations going on in the different studios, performances happening, uh, and there are also lots of other activities that go on throughout the week. 
so you go there and you're staying there you're you're working in their studios um and then you're eating there as well so most of the well if you're staying on campus there you do have the meal plans and so you're you're treated to three family style meals a day breakfast lunch and dinner and all of the the students and uh instructors mingle and sit and talk with each other um, and so you're you're really getting to know people from all kinds of different disciplines and then from also from all over the country and people come in from all around to have this experience and Brasstown which you may never have heard of is a little tiny town in almost the the most western part of North Carolina that you can get it's up in the mountains. It's a very remote location. Um, and like I said, they have they have uh, lots of housing options for people to stay in. And like I said, they have, you know, 15 plus studios of every kind. Um, and they they do have Wi-Fi in the studios and in the um, in the in the housing. But it's very easy to sort of set the phones aside to set technology aside and just really experience the place i mean it's very remote uh the nearest town with a, a decent sized grocery store is about 15 uh, 15 minutes away so not too far uh but you re re <clears throat> you really are out there uh kind of feeling like you're out there in the middle of nowhere and for me it was a remarkable remarkable experience i just had never experienced anything like it um and and it really it basically i taught in like i said i taught in the uh paper or the book and paper art studio um and normally what they do is they teach book making or book repair so it's about creating the books themselves the only problem is that i don't make my books you know i've been working in visual journals for the past 20 years and i don't actually make the books that i work in i buy them um, so it was right from the beginning as i was designing the class i wasn't quite fitting in the book and paper arts because i wasn't making the books um, and they do have a drawing and painting studio. So a lot, a lot of the stuff that I was proposing in my class description would fit very nicely in that drawing and painting studio. Uh, but I changed it around a little bit. So I really went into this experience and I taught a different take on my visual journaling and mixed media classes that, I, that I've been teaching for the longest time now. And what I really did was I wanted students to really rethink what a book is and what a book can be. So we painted and we drew and we wrote and we collaged, but we thought of how the pages connected, how things could kind of flow from one page to another. So colors and lines and shapes and text all began to kind of flow from page to page, often wrapping around edges and also going through spaces. So we manipulated the structure of the book and uh, the structure of the pages. So we thought about how pages and elements and things could interact 
and we cut out windows and doors and made tunnels through pages. We folded pages and cut off parts of pages so they revealed parts of other pages. Uh, we made foldouts and pop-ups and we just really wanted to see how we could make this book a very interactive um, vessel uh, for a visual and a written narrative. And so thinking about not just a written narrative, like you think of a story in a book, but thinking about how, how um, pages can, can, or how, uh, uh, you know, visuals like color and pictures and lines and images could really just not, not just flow from page to page, but literally, literally go through the pages and reveal parts of other pages. And so it, it was, it, it was a kind of an unusual task. And so we set out on this journey and I really described it to the students as a journey that I wanted them to go on a journey, journey of discovery. And so I asked them to let go of the resistance, the judgment and the attachment. And if those sound familiar earlier, in earlier episodes, I talked specifically about those things and how those can be blocks to our creativity. So if you haven't listened to those episodes, I highly recommend going back and checking out those past episodes. And so I always begin classes about that, uh, about talking about those in a real quick general way, because I feel like, I feel like, um, I feel like, you know, I, I'm teaching, yeah, I'm teaching an art class. I'm teaching students how to, how to, um, you know, make something, create something. But it's also, I really feel like I'm teaching about creativity, trying to allow them to open up to their creativity. Um, so I asked them to let go of that. And I, I, I asked them to just simply let their hands wander. So in last in the last episode, I talked about Linda Berry and how she describes drawing as a way to allow your hand to wander and that it, it sort of knows something that you don't and it helps you discover something that you could never have discovered on your own. So just allowing your hand to wander a bit leads to this discovery. So last episode was all about discovery. So I was really in that mindset and I asked the students to to really allow themselves to, to discover what their art was about for the week. So I asked them not to worry too much about having an idea or coming in with a preconceived notion. I, I, and I specifically said, hey, if you already have a notion about this, kind of let it go. Don't worry about it. We're going to come back and we're going to work up to it. And I've got all these these things in place where we, we are going to discover. And so I really asked them to play with materials, to manipulate the structures of the pages and the book, and to really explore words without having that sense of like knowing exactly where they wanted to go. So I've often talked about that notion of, of the the work that's in our head compared to the work that we're actually making. And so I really wanted them to sort of have no idea of what they were going to make. I wanted them, them to be open enough to allow the ideas to kind of bubble up and to come as 
they worked. So we, I really wanted to see what was going to show up as we were working. So you know, we had five days to explore and to discover, um, to experiment, to play. Uh, we did a lot of reflecting. We did a lot of writing. We did a lot of art making. And in the end, I feel like each one of the nine students that were there found their own way through the journal without me like having to give them a project or having to give them a very specific thing to do. So we, I asked them to bring a blank book, uh, brand, you know, brand new, kind of blank, nothing else in it. And we didn't fill the book. We didn't finish anything really. I mean, I, I, I don't think anyone walked away where they felt like they had a number of finished pages. Maybe things that they felt like were getting resolved and were, were kind of getting there. Um, but I think and I really hope that they walked away with something that they could work with later. Uh, the beginnings of a journey. And I really felt myself as like a guide in helping them to start this journey that they're going to continue once they got back home. And I really hope that they do. So like I said, I wasn't, wasn't, I was, saw myself as a guide, uh, not so much as a teacher teaching a lot of like new and complicated techniques, even though some of them really didn't have a lot of experience with the materials and they hadn't uh, done much artistically. Um, and some of them, though, were very well versed in mixed media, had lots of experience, brought a lot of materials with them. Um, I still wanted everybody to be able to find something new, to, to discover something in this journey. I, like I said, I wanted to be a guide to show them a few things and then allow them to work and allow their hands to wander around and allow them to discover something or a bunch of some things. I tried not to overwhelm them because I think if, if I would have given them too much all at once, then they could have uh, felt overwhelmed by things. Uh, but in the end, I, I do feel like I kind of bombarded them with a lot of different techniques and ideas and processes. And I had written them all up on this whiteboard and it ended up filling this entire whiteboard of just all these things that I ended up sharing with them. And it was pretty remarkable about like what that was. Um, so yeah, so I, I really, really felt like I wasn't teaching them a lot of like new and, and complicated things. But I was very intentional. Um, so everything that we did was very intentional. And like I said, I was trying not to overwhelm them. But then also, if I didn't give them enough, it, it could be kind of boring and slow. Uh, I, wa I wanted them to really be engaged throughout the whole process and not get so caught up and not worry so much about making a thing, a something, a project. Um, in the end, you know, all these little things that I was showing and demonstrating and sharing with them, yes, they added up to something pretty remarkable and, and something far greater than just the, the individual parts. And I really think of it as a process of accumulation and accumulation of artistic actions. So I think too often 
folks, what, 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 whatever they're doing creatively, they feel like they have to have an end in mind. I'm going to bake this cake. I'm going to write this song. Uh, I'm going to create this thing. And it's good to have a goal, uh, but too easily we can become attached to that goal and it's hard to, to deviate. So again, it's that idea that we have this, this piece, this work in our mind, and then we have the work that we're actually making and that they are two different things and we need to kind of let go of that image and focus on the work that's actually in front of us. So instead of setting out to make a work of art or to write a novel or to create a, a symphony, I've been thinking here like with, with teaching this week and how everyone sort of just engaged in that process. And I think it was because it, were, it was these small things that they could go and focus on and not get caught up in wondering like, what, where is this going? What is this going to be at the end? They were small actions that they could take. It wasn't this, this overwhelming grand notion of how do I make this very complex, very complicated thing. But in the end, they did create these amazing books full of complexity, full of ideas. And it just was like, you know, these little steps, these little tiny steps, these little steps that led to this bigger thing. So I think if we thought of it, thought of making art in that way or creating in that way, that it's this one small action at a time, that if we just have this little task and we set out to do just that one little thing, um, that these little notions, these little artistic actions will accumulate and over time they build into something bigger and greater than we could really imagine. And it's part of that journey. It's part of that process. But the key is that they need to be simple things, nothing too complex or complicated where we're going to feel very overwhelmed. Uh, maybe things that are, are easily accomplished so that we don't get overwhelmed by the whole notion of it. Um, and or, you know, I think sometimes we feel guilty when we do get overwhelmed or we get feel guilty because we were not living up to our own intentions or our own expectations. So if we set out and instead of having the intention of creating a work of art or a piece of art, we can set out to say, I'm just going to do this one little thing, this one little artistic or creative act that I can accomplish. And then, Hey, I've done that. I can ch check that off and I can move on to something else. So thinking of it, as a visual artist, you know, what if I decide to simply sit down and apply paint to lots of papers or a lot of pages in my book without really thinking about what each page is and, and what it's going to look like in the end. I just sat down and started splattering paint on one page and painting in a layer of paint on another and using a stencil to, to uh, create a texture on another page or another piece. And then I did that one day and then I come back the next day and what if I start gluing in some pieces of collage? Uh, what if I come back the next day after uh, I've glued in some collage and just making some marks with a pen or a marker or a pencil and not worrying about what is this piece meaning? What is this piece all about? And I think we could do that, you know, if we're a writer 
or if we're a songwriter um, that we can come back day after day and do these little bits and these little pieces and these little actions that will lead to something as we work on them and so I kind of mentioned this idea of like the tiny steps but I just you know start thinking when I when I think about this notion I think about like baby steps that's something we use a lot to kind of say okay you know just baby steps like take it easy a little bit at a time and of course uh, if you've ever seen the movie what about Bob with uh, Bill Murray and Richard Dreyfus, Bill Murray plays this uh, patient who has uh, lots of uh, mental issues and <clears throat> he ends up seeing Richard Dreyfus, who's a psychotherapist and uh, Richard Dreyfus really doesn't have the time or the energy for him. He's getting ready to go on vacation and he gives Bob this book and it's called Baby Steps. And Bob doesn't actually read the book, but he just, oh, those baby steps. And um, and so it's a kind of a running gag in part of the movie is that Bill Murray is walking around holding this book and, and saying baby steps to get on the bus, baby steps to, you know. And then he ends up going from New York to this little town where Richard Dreyfus uh, is vacationing with his family and insanity ensues and it, it's a it's a funny movie but that notion of baby steps can get you to a place that that perhaps you find overwhelming when you try to think of it in in the big picture so we don't have to conceive of this large complicated project we can simply do one creative thing a day you know so those little things are going to add up we don't need to have the destination in mind a project a thing a something that we're creating we can just simply enjoy the journey the process you know too often we feel like we need to have that project we need to have that that uh, destination in mind from the very beginning and that, you know, it, it, it's something that, you know, we're going to do from start to finish. So whether it's a drawing or a painting or a song or a novel or a symphony, we, I think we have this notion as creatives, as people who make stuff, that we, we are supposed to make this big, grandiose thing. And sometimes it's about the rituals. It's about the actions. It's about the little things that we do to keep ourselves engaged in the creating. And that way we can take this very daunting, very overwhelming idea and we can break it down. Or oftentimes what we could do is we, we might end up doing something that leads us in a completely different direction. Because if we get too attached to the idea, to the project, to the thing, to the destination, Oftentimes we can miss out on discovering. And I think these artistic accumulations of actions can, can lead us to places that we could not imagine. So kind of going back to that notion of discovery that I discussed in the last episode. Um, <clears throat> but I kind of want to bring up something that, that's become very popular, at least in the visual arts world. Uh, so here lately over the last few years um, these challenges have sprung up and normally these challenges are dedicated for a month and uh, there's things like inktober where in october i uh, forget i don't I, 
I forget who started it, but some guy started it where he just wanted to encourage people to make stuff. And as a, I think he was an illustrator and worked a lot with ink. So this notion of working with ink, whether it's marker or just black ink and creating art every day for the month. And so he comes up with a list of prompts of 31 prompts with the idea that one prompt a day and you work through and you make this little thing every day. And so they've become very popular and they kind of spring up here and there and different artists and different companies will hold these different uh, challenges. And they're great because I, they help people. They give some, they give artists a starting point, um, a little nugget of inspiration, a little seed to develop something. Um, but I think a lot of folks get caught up in, oh, I have to make this piece of art, this thing for each of the challenges. And so a lot of people just start getting bogged down. So they start off, they'll do like one or two or three, maybe four or five. And then, oh, they're really busy one day. So then, oh, I, I don't have time to do this one. And then <clears throat> then the next day comes and, oh, they feel like, oh, I have to like try to make two. They start to get overwhelmed. They get bogged down. They feel like they're falling behind. And then some people just shut down. They just sort of like stop doing it. And I think it can have kind of the opposite effect that it's supposed to. It's supposed to be this fun, engaging, simple way of inspiring work. But unfortunately, too many people kind of get caught up in in it and and kind of lose track of it. Sometimes they feel like they, they just can't make something that's worth it or... They start comparing their work with others because this is a big social media phenomenon. So people are posting and and hashtagging. And, you know, so you see these people making this awesome stuff. And, and of course, that judgment comes in and you start comparing yourself to others. And so there's a lot of pressure, even though that wasn't the real intention of it. And so people really start to overcomplicate these these challenges. And so I think if we take a step back and we start thinking about how simple actions can build into something much bigger, we can alleviate some of that pressure. And I want to go back to this idea about the journey and the destination. Um, <clears throat> so I don't know if I've shared on this podcast before, but one of the, the big impetus uh, for myself and my buddy David, who, who he and I are the Journal of Fodder Junkies. I've written the two books with him about visual journals. One of the big impetus for us uh, was Dan Eldon. And so Dan Eldon was a photojournalist um, that lived over in Kenya, uh, grew up in Africa. Mother was American, uh, father was British. And Dan Eldon uh, kept journals. Unfortunately, Dan Eldon's story ends, um, and he was ended up uh, getting killed while he was covering uh, the the civil war in Somalia. And so he was, I think, twenty two at the time, but he left behind this legacy of visual journals. And the title of the book that his that his mother put together of his journal pages is called "The Journey Is the Destination." And that this notion that really it's the journey that we're on. 
that's our destination it's not this end thing this this project this, this thing at the end it's it's what we're doing now um <clears throat> And so, you know, I always think of that with art is that it's not about the end product. It's about the journey that we take when we get there. And so thinking about that, you know, the journey is the destination. And how can we make our creating more of that journey instead of focusing always on the destination? So I just want to kind of leave you with that thought that, you know, how can you make your creating more about the journey, more about the process, more about little things that can add up into something bigger. You know, they say that every journey begins with a single step, but then again, it's those little steps, those baby steps that we can take these big grand ideas, these big complicated notions, and we can do little things, little artistic actions that end up accumulating, little creative actions that build one on top of another. Um, so I just kind of want to leave you with that and, uh, you know, just kind of take some time over the, the next couple of weeks just to sort of ponder that and think about how you can apply that in your own work. So instead of thinking about the novel that you're trying to write or the, the illustration that you're trying to make or the cake that you're trying to bake, think about little tiny things that you can do to perhaps practice your skills, to just sort of have some fun. Um, maybe there are ways to, that things can start to add up and build one on top of another. And just simply allow those little artistic actions and, and be okay with that. That you, know, you, can, you don't have to spend countless hours in a studio or countless hours in the kitchen. Sometimes it's only five minutes. Sometimes it's only 10 minutes. Sometimes you, you have that luxury and you've got three hours. But more often than not, it's just these little things, 5, 10, 15, 20 minutes here and there that can add and build into something very rich, very deep, and very meaningful. So just kind of keep that in mind. So <clears throat> um, that kind of wraps it up with my thoughts today. Um, so as always, thank you so much for listening. Thank you for hanging out with me for a little bit, listening to me ramble on and on. And as always, happy creating. This has been Artistic Accomplices. I'm your host, Eric Scott. Thank you for joining me.